Welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Kieran, I can see by your face you have that excited look of a middle-aged man who's just been to see a band, haven't you? I ever went to uh, the, uh, I still refer to it as the NEC, but went to see Depeche Mode in Birmingham thanks to a listener to The Price of Football because he heard me moaning. But I've not managed to get any tickets, and uh, he, he managed to sort me out a pair, which was absolutely brilliant. They over two hours uh, on set, and, and uh, they've not lost it. They're getting better with age. Oh wow! Well, we all are, Kieran. So does, does that indicate that Dave Garn listens to the pod? Was it him that got you the tickets? <laughs> well, my uh, my mum's family is the Garn family from Dublin, so ah. if, if I I suspect we are probably related, because it's not the most common of names. Well, all, all this um, this talk of music and the slight chuckle of a familiar voice behind you as we spoke there might indicate that this is this episode is a little bit different from usual because, Kieran, we're joined by two special guests who are going to tell us about their brand new podcast, a new addition to our family. It's called The Price of Music, and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Steve Lamack and Stuart Dredge. Stephen Stewart, welcome to you both. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. I'm actually genuinely excited. I'm normally indifferent about anybody else's pod, Kieran, uh, Steve, to be perfectly honest. But for, for people like me and Kieran, this is perfect because for us and for thousands of our listeners, music and football has always been inextricably linked. I mean, we would follow bands in the old days the way we followed our football teams. But why, why Steve, did you want to focus on the money side of the industry after so many years of bringing us just the beautiful music? Well, I think, I mean, I've always been slightly fascinated by how the music industry works and how the how the finances play out. I think ever since I worked on the New Musical Express news desk, where I found out that high street record shops in the 80s and 90s used to charge labels to put their records in the window. And I always thought, oh, no, they just put the records in the window because they like the records. No, no, get your checkbook out if you want your record in the to be displayed in the window. And I think from that point onwards you know I've always wanted to try and demystify how the music industry works you know either for well just for fans of music or even for aspiring you know musicians or people who'd like to be in the industry but don't know all the slights of hand and the the financial pitfalls of it so so I got in contact with producer guy a while ago and I suggested this and I mean it's taken us quite a long time to launch it because obviously we were looking for the right expert uh, to be our stats dynamo uh, if you will version of Kieran and we gave ourselves quite a specific brief which was he or she needed to know their stuff they had to have an uncle terry and also <laughs> they had to own a dog uh but obviously and then stuart comes along we found stuart who obviously knows his stuff and his stats he does have an uncle terry and he recently acquired a dog so uh we thought well he's made the effort you know there's nothing to stop us now i think the dog was actually part of the contract wasn't it i was i was told to buy a dog What's, what's the dog called, Stuart? Uh, it's called Bella. So we had her for two weeks. Oh, well, what is she? She is uh, the breed, I'd say she's a Romanian street dog. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> so she's about about 14 different breeds all in one with different tail, different head and different middle. So, uh, well, yeah, see, that's, that, that's a very middle class answer because it's either going to be a cockapoo or a rescue dog. So that's good. It's never, it's never just a normal dog these days. No one's got a poodle anymore. But you, uh, Stuart, Steve has half answered my 
uh, one of my questions here. Um, because before asking about your background in the music industry, I was going to check which of you is supposed to be Kieran and which of you is supposed to be me. But it turns out you're not working on our model, the one expert, one lovable idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm definitely not the funny one, um, which I guess I mean, makes me the expert. But we, I think we, we've, we're both, I mean, I've been writing about the music industry on the kind of digital side for, you know, by God, 20 something years. Um, but Steve, you've been involved with it. So it's not like one of us is the expert and, and not. Yeah, I think we're gonna, it's going to be kind of a, we'll have things that you know more about and things that I've been nerding out about and we'll kind of be mixing and matching, I guess. Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's certain experiences and we've all done different things in the music industry. You know, I've, uh, you know, as part from being a radio presenter, I ran a record label, co-ran a record label for a while. And obviously I know one or two things about how the live music industry works. So, yeah, there'll be a bit of to and fro. Hopefully between us, we'll, you know, we'll be able to answer at least 50% of the questions. <laughs> I, I want, I'm going to bring Kieran in, in in a little while before I ask you another question, Steve. But do you think, either of you, that there's a, a slight danger, as there was when we started, that people who love football, people who love music, might get a little bit disillusioned by the lid being lifted off? I mean, we're always being asked whether we've fallen out of love with football because we know what's going on, and the answer is no. But I just wonder whether you feel that some people might, you know, people who like Kieran still spend so much of his disposable income crossing the country. People like me, who still listens to, I was going to say new music, but I don't know how new the irrepressibles and self-esteem are, but still music is still a huge love. But do you worry that the people might get a little bit disillusioned about hearing the the truth? I don't, I don't think so. I think because we separate it out. So we still love the music and we love the bands. We just can't understand how the industry exists, how it still manages <laughs> to function, given some of the, some of the things that they do. So yeah, I think you have to, there's, there's a certain black humour, I think, in some of the subjects we'll be covering. Well, well, we know what our royalties are from Spotify, so um, <laughs> we've been quite shocked ourselves. Well, I think for me, like as well, I mean, the, the more I've learned about the economics of music and how how the pie is being shared up, the more it's made me want to support the artists I love, I suppose. So like, we all got that thing at Christmas, if you use Spotify, you get Spotify wrapped and it tells you how many times you streamed your favourite artist. And when you know about the figures... Um, it makes you want to go and buy a T-shirt straight away or buy a ticket or kind of put some money at them. So I, I hope that sometimes we'll actually give people that nudge to kind of go off and, and, and do something to support their favourite artists. So I think it can be a positive thing as well, hopefully. And, and Kieran, I, there was two things I'd like to ask you, Kieran. First of all, I mean, when we were younger, on, on the nights we weren't watching football, we would be going to watch music because it was so much easier when we were coming of age to watch music literally every pub would have a band and you'd follow your local band up to the the next biggest venue and then the venue after that so why why do you think Kieran football's always been so linked with music and also when it comes to the amounts of money involved in music how are they compare comparable to the amounts of money involved in football I think music's tribal in many ways, in exactly the same way that football is. Not not to the same extent that you only follow one band, but you know, I'm still watching the music that I first listened to in, in the late 70s. And even though sometimes I know I'm going to watch a band and I'm just contributing towards their pension, it has the ability to take you back in time. Uh, and, and life's all about 
shared memories and, and wonderful experiences and, and live music gives that to you in exactly the same way that live football does so uh it, it's it's just part of your culture it's part of those guys that we see every week and, and we are you know, I, I went to see Depeche Mode with a guy I've been going to watch music with for 45 years and we're mates and, and, we, and we start to talk about other gigs we've been to and you know next we're going to see ABC um I think we never thought we'd be seeing ABC in our 60s so it's it, it, it's just that, that that sense of togetherness that that it gives you as, as far as the money is concerned um you know we, we talk about football being absolutely crazy in terms of money but you look at the price for live tickets these days um you know it was it was over 100 quid to see to see a band older paid three quid to see see in 1981 i mean the trouble is we go and see these bands now and the problem is we have to factor in more toilet breaks which is part of the problem. The ABC, do you know what, how how those big burly blokes from Sheffield could come out with the look of love, which for me is one of the greatest singles of the eighties, is just fantastic. Stuart, what what are the sort of um, issues at the moment? I mean, what are the sort of things do you think we'll be talking about, or we'll be listening to on your your first episode of your pod? I think just kind of. Um trying to break things down so there's this big like overarching narrative which is all, all the things are going up like the recorded music industry it was going down the tubes for a decade or more after kind of Napster and piracy happened and then streaming came along and everything started going upwards but we've had this 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 debate within that about artists saying well we're not sure we're getting that money fairly we're not getting enough money from streaming so kind of looking at that thing about like what's what's the big picture and the big money and how is that money being shared and how is it kind of well, dribbling down sometimes or not. Um, but I think the other thing is I really want to be optimistic. Like I want to, I think a lot of musicians are feeling a bit like, how do I navigate this world of streaming and socials? And and I think there's a lot of examples out there of musicians being really like flexible and adapting and doing clever stuff with technology and, and finding ways to sustain themselves. So I think we're going to be covering the sort of worrying, scary stuff. But I think we're also going to be covering like, here's this artist here who's done something really cool and they're, they've done a, you know, they're, they're finding a way to kind of reach people and make money. So yeah, a mixture of like the, the, the big negative stories because you can't avoid them, but also the kind of the positive ones and also at all levels, like not just Taylor Swift making loads of money, hurrah, which there are some fascinating figures around how much money she's making, but I'm as interested in kind of like a, an independent artist who's found a way to kind of, you know, make the next album and kind of keep touring and keep going, I suppose. So it, it sounds to me then, that, that, as in the same way that within weeks and months of our price of football starting, it, there are a lot of people within the industry that were listening to it. So it sounds to me that this is the sort of thing that, as as Steve hinted at earlier, aspiring musicians, aspiring agents will be tuning in to find out exactly what is going on and, and how they can do things better and maybe get their fairer share of that pie that you talked about. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I th- uh, you know, ed- educational as well as entertaining. That's what we're going for. Um, but yes, I think it's, um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to impart some knowledge because obviously we've picked up so much information and we'd like to pass it on to people so that in some cases they don't make the mistakes that other people have made or we've made ourselves. Yeah, bef- before we get into the, the technical stuff, how people can listen to you and so on, this is a question I'd like to put to both of you, if I may. But, Steve, I'll ask you this first because I'm genuinely interested. On the price of football, virtually everything we talk about, especially in English football, um, 
stems from the introduction of the Premier League, basically. Everything changed in 1992 when the romance took a backseat to the money. Is, is there a moment in music, do you think, when a similar thing happened? Is there a watershed moment, maybe the introduction of MTV, when suddenly you think some of the sheer joy of making music has, has gone now? It's become an industry. Or am I being too romantic? And was it always a cynical or manipulative industry? I mean, I suppose you could say, you know, as the formats changed, you know, our relationship with music changed, the way we purchase music and listen to music. But actually, mine is on a much smaller, more personal level as someone who just, I mean, I go to as many gigs as I can, you know, go to. And for me, the point where certain gigs became less fun and less exciting when they, whoever they are, when they banned crowd surfing. Well, I mean, I, I, I understand health and safety, and I know it was always, you know, there was a slight worry if you were anywhere near the front that you would, you know, be caught a blow by somebody's um, flailing DM. Um, but I, there was nothing more exhilarating than watching these mad people surfing over their heads, you know, down the front, surfing over, surfing over your head and then falling into the photo pit and being ushered away by the security people. That, I mean, take that out. That's far less fun then. Do you know, I remember even at the age of 23, I remember going to a UK subs gig and thinking, I'm too old to get in the middle of that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is is an irony, because Charlie Harper was about 75 at the time, basically. But uh, Stuart, what about about for you? Is there a similar answer for you, Stuart? Yeah, um... I think mine's less funny. Um, I think like a lot of the stuff that we'll be talking about and I think about, it stems from kind of that point in like the late 2000s when like I think YouTube launched and then Facebook launched and then Spotify launched. So it kind of kicked off streaming, online video and social media. Um, and like for some people, that's been brilliant. Like there are some artists, you know, if you're Drake, you're having loads of fun because that those things, those platforms have allowed you to kind of become a megastar. But I think for a lot of musicians that's kind of the birth of this, this world where they have to constantly be releasing music and constantly be on socials and serving all the different social networks. And I think a lot of them do feel that it's not so fun. It's kind of a hamster wheel sometimes. Um, So I'm kind of interested in that, that that idea of like this world, like we were writing, I was writing recently about this um, regional Mexican music, which I don't know if you've heard. It's like kind of that what you'd, if when you imagine what a Mexican band might sound like playing in a restaurant, very traditional instruments that's suddenly one of the hottest genres in the world because people have started streaming this guy called peso bloomer from mexico so there's like think this whole kind of music sort of come out of this saying they couldn't have reached everyone around the world before and now they can but at the same time you've got other musicians going god i spend 90 percent of my time making social posts and trying to make more songs so spotify's algorithms forget me so i think maybe that that period when these 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 platforms that are huge now they were all born and set the seeds in motion i guess for a lot of things we'll talk about um, but I, I agree with stage diving as well. It's 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 the same in comedy show. I mean, my son um, Ed Knight is a very very good comedian of a new generation, and for them, if they're not doing social stuff literally every day, it, there's a kind of panic sets in because you you get three days behind the other comics, and it's 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 difficult to catch up sometimes, which takes the fun out of it, doesn't it? I mean, if you feel that you have to do it. The spontaneity and the improvisation goes to a certain extent. I've just I've got a question for all of you uh, uh, individually before we before we go. And already with what you've talked to me about with the the crowd surfing and the Mexican music, I I 
I'm already looking forward to listening to this pod. Um, Stuart, um, how can people listen to the show? Oh, I'm very excited to say this. I'm waiting. <laughs> you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as excited about saying that. Uh, that that's one of my tick boxes and then the manscaping host red ads are my next tick box um but yeah everywhere i mean it's basically in all the usual apps wherever you sing and if you search for the price of music and it's going to be every wednesday i think episodes will come out uh and the first one is going to be dropping today when this goes out well if you if you need some advice about keeping a straight face while doing the manscaped ads then let's talk. Honestly, my family and friends are so excited about the prospect of me me reading reading ads that they all find hilarious. But um, no, <laughs> I'm very excited. Well, the thing is, you're 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 far more the demographic because you you look <laughs> like a young on trend. But I'm not implying I'm not implying for a moment, Steve, that you are. Steve, <laughs> um, the big the big question is: Are you going to get the chance? To, will you be able to play any music on this pod, or will the finances and producer guys' reluctance to spend money make that impossible i think that's oh that's really that's an interesting question isn't it um yeah maybe it's something that we'll build up to maybe i mean i don't really know what music Stuart likes so i don't know whether we're gonna fall out over actual music <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to see or whether there'll be a friendly rivalry as there is between you two and your football teams because <laughs> can you can you imagine yeah yeah uh this week as part of the pod uh we're going to have um we're going to replay some of the commentary uh commentary <laughs> from brighton's last game <laughs> with what now <laughs> Fair point. But it's a great forum and opportunity, though, for you, Steve, to recommend yeah. new music as well, which I think the people yeah. listening the people listening to this pod are going to have the same love of music that both you and Stuart do. And, and obviously, over the years, you've been a great steer for many of us into, into bands and musicians and artists that we may not have found out about for ourselves. Yeah, no, there will be. There will be a few tips along the way. There's one or two, because there are a few bands who I've got my eye on at the moment, who I think are quite good. Um, so, yes, we'll, de- we'll definitely slip some of those recommendations in. I think it's quite possible for licensing reasons. We can't play the music, but we could maybe sing it a cappella. Uh, that might be how we slip it on. <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to hear that, but that might be how we get it in. Well, my challenge to you is that in your first episode, you do the Mexican music a cappella. <laughs> Kieran, finally for you, I, I, it would be remiss not to end with my old mate, Kieran, but also... I just want to know what's on your your schedule music-wise next, Kieran. Um, I've just bought tickets to see Istist and uh, October Drift, who are coming out on tour, and uh, I am looking forward to ABC. Uh, I think they're playing, I think it's at the Albert Hall, so I, I will go to as many gigs as the Baroness allows me to. Uh, and the great thing about working in Liverpool, sort of half the week, uh, I'm out every night uh, in Manchester and Liverpool listening to music. Yeah, it's nice to see you mention those bands there. It's nice to see Steve nodding sagely and Stuart, Stuart and I looking slightly blank. So I'm already getting the idea of how the dynamic of the, this <laughs> Price of Music pod is going to sound. I'm actually going to see the Black Crows soon. And one of the reasons I love them, but also I'll be one of the youngest people in the audience. And that, that helps me stay feeling young if I could just see bands where the average demographic is slightly above me. <laughs> Um, but I won't stage dive because I'm not sure the backs could take it. Steve, who are you going to see this weekend? Who are you off to? Um, what have I got on this week? Um, so next, uh, I think my next gig is next Wednesday, hopefully going to see a band called Noah and the Loners who are playing the Horn in St Albans. 
Wow, that's that's a sounds like a proper old school. Do you still get the same excitement, Steve, when you when you you come across a band or an artist that you've not seen before? And you suddenly think you know that feeling in your stomach, your stomach, when you think these these people are great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean because it doesn't happen every every night because I'm quite often seeing bands for the first time, and you you, you kind of know, and you think some some groups you see or some artists you think, well, they'll be pretty good in six months or a year. You know that moment where you find something that immediately is sort of ready and just hits the mark that makes sense of why you like music. Because as we all know, you you never know what you're looking for in music until you hear it, and when you hear it, it's a beautiful thing. Well, I'm sure the price of music is going to be a beautiful thing. Kieran and I can't wait to listen to it. Welcome to the stable, which currently consists of us four. But it's a it's a it's a lovely, warm stable to be in, and I, I seriously can't wait. And I wish you both the very best of luck with the Price of Music podcast. Take care now, to Perry. Lovely to meet you. Thank you very much. Thank you.